Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Marketing Management and Money. Today, we have our guest, Greg Deneo. He is the founder of Content Guppy, and we are really excited to have him on the show. He is going to be talking about strategies to raise your website's ranking in search engine results. And this is something that, you know, everyone's got their take on it. Everyone really kind of has their way of doing it. But the crazy thing is, is most people are still getting it wrong. And so we're really excited excited to have Greg here with us to uh, share a lot of his expertise, a lot of his insight. Uh, let's start, Greg, by uh, why don't you give a little bit of your background. You do a lot of work with e-commerce companies. Uh, you know, you're doing uh, services of software. You're kind of getting in with uh, blogs. You've had some uh, pretty good success in getting people to have quite a bit more uh, readership on their blogs, you know, really helping them to grow. Uh, give us give us a little bit of your background and, uh, you know, and, and, and what you like to do or what you're able to do with small businesses. Yeah, so my journey started with, uh, with marketing, started with a company called Time Doctor back in 2015. Okay. And uh, back at that time, uh, we were a small company, very small business. Uh, we were less than a million in revenue and we started running content marketing and I got to run that. And over the course of uh, five years, six years, I'm sorry, we grew that blog to 400,000 visitors a month. And when I left the company uh, in February, it was a $10 million company. And that's, most, that's yeah, impressive. Most, yeah, most of, most of that, I would say, comes through uh, through search engine optimization and content marketing, a very mm -hmm. large part of it, for part of the part of the revenue, yes. Now, so, so. When, when you were doing this, um, you know, and we're going to get into this as sure. uh, as we kind of discuss a little bit. But as you were doing this, did you did you set out to be like, hey, you know what, we're going to grow this blog. That's how we're going to, you know, really drive this company. Or was it one of those things where they said, hey, you, you seem to know what you're doing. Come help us. Um, it was, hey, you, you seem to know what you're doing. Come help us. But I really didn't. I was a good writer at the time oh, okay. that I can own, but I didn't really know anything about SEO. So a funny story about that. When I first started, one of the very first blog posts that uh, we wrote was called The Rise of Skype and the, the Rise of Slack, Death of Skype. And I spent $2,500 on this blog post. Uh, th this story is much funnier now. It wasn't very funny at the time. <laughs> but I spent, 20, spent $2,500 on this blog post, hired a data scientist to come in and parse data. We built like a dynamic image. And the like when you scrolled through the blog post, the image would change to various graphs of what you were reading at the time. Like this amazingly beautiful blog post. So we go to launch it and I think we got 400 combined readers to the blog post. Now, mind you, at the time we had probably 70,000 users at, at like, like people using the software, okay. 400 readers. So we emailed the list and everything like that, 400 total readers wow. to, the, to the blog post. Wow. So it was, it was Ouch. Yeah, it's $2,500 $2, right down the drain. So uh, that, that's how little I knew about SEO at the time. and. And uh, I take pride in that blog post. It was very well written, but <laughs> it wasn't a success in terms <laughs> wasn't of well executed. actually, yeah, it wasn't well executed. No traffic, no leads. And uh, yeah, 2,500 down the drain. I don't even know if the blog post is still up. So that's kind of where that stands. Okay. But, uh, but that was actually one of the kind of pivotal moments in, in the company and for me as a content creator to switch from like, okay, how do we go from 
this blog post got 400 readers and now is lost to the ether of the internet forever to how do we create something that is more evergreen and is going to be uh, worth the time and money to create and produce and all that stuff. So, so that, that was sort of the, that was the pivotal moment. And, 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 and I love that. Uh, I love that we can start here because one of the things that I did want to ask you, uh, you know, as we're talking today is, you know, you'd mentioned that you had uh, you'd dumped some money into just this one uh, one blog post, and a lot of times when I'm working with businesses, you know, they'll they'll, they'll have people that'll reach out to them and say, oh, you know, for fifteen hundred dollars, we'll get uh, you know uh, an article written for you, or we'll get you you know ranked higher in Google, or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of that money goes down the drain. Now, I'm not suggesting that. You know anyone that uh, offers their services is bad, but what I do want to touch on is how do you kind of sift through uh, waste of money and good investment? Because the other extreme that I see is I see a lot of businesses that they fail to invest anything. You know they're they're sitting there, yep. they're pushing it all on their own, and they're not making any traction. And you know they they're so gun shy of investing anything. Uh, so wh- where's that sweet spot in the middle? How do you, how do we go from not throwing our money down the the drain and not doing anything to actually investing our money and seeing some results? Yeah, so that particular post failed because uh, and a lot of posts fail because of poor keyword research. In other words, nobody was actually searching for the keyword rise of slack rise of slack death of skype nobody in their right mind was searching for that right <laughs> maybe they were searching they might have been searching for uh slack and skype uh comparison or something like that but they sure. were not searching for the keyword that we wrote about and so if nobody's searching for it nobody's going to find it right mm-hmm. and nobody's going to read it because nobody really cares about it so the first thing that you really need to do is find rel- keywords relevant to your business that people actually care about searching for. Okay. That's, and that is actually probably the number one mistake most people make who quote unquote waste their time on content. Okay. And okay. I can, unpa- uh, let me unpack that for you real quick. I, I was going to say, please, please do. Yeah, because yeah. I, yeah. I guarantee so, we've got listeners that are just like, Oh, it's just that easy. I just go out there and magically grab all the keywords. I don't even know what keywords are good and what ones are bad. Okay. So what you want to do is, talk to your customers and find out what they are asking, right? That's the best way to get keywords. Mm -hmm. What are they asking for? And then you could use any number of tools to find the search volumes and things like that, which is very important as well. So find keywords that people are searching for and then have relevance to your business. So you don't want to just, if you're selling, uh, if you're selling accounting software, accounting services, uh, you don't want to write about, mermaid tales a lot of people might be writing about mermaid tales and really care about mermaid tales but it's not really relevant to your accounting business right so i love the example thank you you. (laughs) so if you want to um so if you want so so if you are selling accounting services you want to talk about 
uh, you know, maybe W2 forms and things, you know, I'm sorry, I'm terrible. I don't know anything about accounting, but you know, you want to talk about 10, nine, uh, do you know, you know more you about mermaid about, tales? I mean, is that, you know, I do because I've, because oh, I've worked with people who have worked with a company in the mermaid tale business. And so all my e-commerce uh, things and all my like off the cuff uh, examples go to directly to mermaid tales <laughs> because it's such a weird industry, but it's, but yeah. but I, I I think and you know if I could just kind of interject a little bit here, sure. uh, you know having something like Mermaid Tales, you know it sounds goofy, but for people who are looking for it, that really is uh, you know a solid keyword. And one of the things that that yep. I found is getting into the niche, you know. And I love how you brought in that like talk to your customers, find out what they want. But uh, you know I I get all the time. It's all- Sorry, not to inter- not to interrupt, but it's not find out what they want. It's find out their mindset when oh. they're looking for your product or service. Okay, so right? much better. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. What what are they thinking about when they go to Google and type in something like, you know, for, let's go back to the accounting thing real quick. What they're thinking like, uh, they're they're thinking about things like. Uh, do I need to send, do, do I need to give my employees a W2 or do I need to give them a 1090? Right. Mm-hmm. Do I have, is this, is my home office a write-off and how do I determine whether it's a write-off? Like those are the things that they're thinking about when they go to find an accountant, right. right, right. Or when they're going to uh, going to a website that is an accounting website. So that's the stuff that you need to be kind of thinking about writing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and we're going to go into some nuts and bolts here, but I, yeah. I want to jump back to your journey uh, because sure. we, we kind of jumped right into the content. Yeah, and there's so, so much sorry. content that we can cover. But uh, so you started out, you had this kind of, uh, you know, shoot for the stars, hit the moon, <laughs> yes. barely yeah. jump two feet off the ground in reality situation that happened with you. So, kind of take us to how did you get to where you are today? You know, I I don't think that you just made your one mistake and then thought, Hey, I can do better. And then magically you're now, you know, (laughs) this, this guru, Uh, you know, so, so what, what took you on your journey to create, um, you know, content guppy and really have the success that you've been able to produce? So it was just experimenting with those types of things again over a five year period where I was like, okay, this really works. This doesn't work. Let me throw out what what doesn't work. Let me just use what works. And, and then I just took that entire strategy, that process that was cultivated over that time. And and that's how I've launched content guppy is basically uh, take this, take the process and just deploy it across a wide range of websites. Mm. You know, as we work with businesses, there's a there's a significant difference between the businesses that just kind of wing it, you know, and the businesses that learn it. And initially, it's the exact same step. You put yourself mm. out there, you, you know, you try and figure things out. But it's the follow-up step that makes a difference. And that's like, okay, are we learning from what we're doing or are we just making the same mistakes? And I kind of want to bring this mentality back into, you know, some of this content marketing, some of this SEO. And that is when I've worked with businesses, I see a lot of businesses that they'll try something and then they'll bounce to something else. And then they'll bounce to something else. And, you know, two years later, they haven't made any progress. What do you have to say about, you know, like 
how do you stay on the right track? How do you know if you are moving, you know, you're making progress or if it's time to pivot because you just didn't get the right keywords? You know what? In the beginning, it's really hard to tell. I, I would say this, when, when we, again, let me go back to 2015, 2016. And when we started with uh, SEO, we were, we were failing a lot, but we, I think the thing we saw was like, there were companies like HubSpot who were crushing it with SEO, right? There were mm-hmm. so- other software companies and other businesses who were crushing it with SEO. And we and so we kind of just, this is going to sound not helpful at all, but we were instinctively aware that SEO is going to be a really big deal for us. We didn't understand how big of a deal it was going to be for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we persevered through all of those shiny object syndromes and Mm -hmm. we had an entire, our entire marketing team. Again, when we, when I first started, we were three of us. Uh, and up until 2018, we grew the marketing team to let's 10, 15 people. And the entire marketing team was dedicated towards SEO. We didn't launch other tra- uh, channels of marketing until about 2018. So for three years, we only focused on SEO and content marketing and content production. Okay. Uh, Then we launched a YouTube channel. Then we launched a podcast, maybe not in that order. Then we launched a conference, right? But the whole thing was on the back of that one channel of SEO. So why do we persevere? We kind of, there were some like, there are little signs that, and again, there, you have to really dig into them. Uh, but we would see little things like, oh, one week we had one sign up through Google Organic. The next week we had one sign up. But then the next week after that, we had four sign ups through Google Organic mm-hmm. traffic. And then, you know, maybe we went back down to two. But but over the course of like a very long time, we would kind of steadily uh, move up. And again, the, going back to the trial and error thing, we would look, we would analyze, like I was doing this, like, let, let me, when I was telling you 12 hours a day, it was 12 hours a day, like combing through Google analytics to say, oh. okay, this, yeah, it was sad, man. <laughs> Google analytics and Excel spreadsheets like to see, okay, this article produced two customers this month, right? Like uh-huh. that's how, and two customers for us was worth $3,000 or a lifetime value, right? Yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it was, so I'd be like, okay, how do I write more of those types of articles that maybe we could produce another two customers, right? And and like, that's kind of how, um, how it was, how like nitty gritty it was, yeah. Yeah. But so you got to kind of really get into the weeds to really see the progress. Now, now uh, one of the things that I want to that I want to touch on here, man. There's <laughs> sorry, you, you, you keep bringing up all these gems, and I'm like, ooh, which which one do we really want to go <laughs> after? But this is one that I think is really important. And you made a comment that uh, is very very insightful and very valuable. And you, you made this comment, you said, you know, this article would produce, you know, two, uh, you know, two leads or two customers off of it. And I know that this is hypothetical, uh, but the, the concept is there that it didn't produce 150 leads. And I think that's one of the things that people get very confused with because you see a lot of, and I'm going to call it celebrity content, where, mm-hmm. you know, overnight you've got, you know, 
10 million views that popped up because this celebrity did something stupid or this celebrity made, you know, headway or whatever the case may be. But for, you know, 99.7% of the rest of us who are doing real legit business and, you know, just working with customers, the wins are made at very small amounts, small consistent amounts. Can you talk yes. about that a little bit and how, you know, how a small business can employ that strategy and not get freaked out if they're not getting 10 million views on their YouTube channel or if they're not getting, you know, a thousand organic hits on their website, uh, you know, from from one piece that they put out there. Sure. So I could I, I've talked about two different things one for me for content guppy and then uh, again i i use time doctor all the time because i'm so intimately aware of that data and, mm -hmm. and everything like that but for me so there's a i have two posts on my site right now one is called blog one is about blog names and the other one is called b2b content marketing agency right like mm -hmm. th th those are the two pieces of content uh, I run a content marketing agency just for context, just to bring everybody up to speed. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, which, which, by the way, uh, we would love to let, let's just take a second. <laughs> if people are liking what they're hearing, how do they get a hold of your agency? Uh, if they're like, Oh my gosh, I would love to get some help on this. Uh, you could go to contentguppy.com or just email me personally, Greg at contentguppy.com. Sweet. Either way. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, so blog names, that post has the potential for uh, tens of thousands of visitors a month, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem with the name, with the post blog names is that everybody who comes to that post is, is going to be a beginner. They're not going to be ready to hire a B2B, con a B2B <laughs> content marketing agency, right? right? They're just not there yet. However, B2B content marketing agency, at least I just saw, got 250 or 300 visitors a month. Okay. So... If we're talking in order of magnitude or two less mm -hmm. than the than the other post. I want to talk to every single solitary person who is searching for B two B content marketing agency because they are my ideal buyer. If they are looking for a B two B content marketing agency, I want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. we, too often we get we look at 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 uh, visitors on a website in an Excel spreadsheet or a Google Analytics dashboard or whatever, and we forget that they're a person. Mm. So think about think about getting in a room with 300 people who are looking for a B2B content marketing agency, and you get to give them your spiel every single month. That's what, the, like, put those, picture that, picture that 300 people in an auditorium, in a room, whatever, every yeah. single month, and you get to tell them why your B2B content marketing agency is the greatest. That's... Uh, why I care way more about that keyword versus blog names, which has tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. Now going back to now going back to content, uh, going back to Time Doctor, that post that I talked about with the two uh, leads, right? That, that was called Hubstaff Alternatives. Okay. Okay. Hubstaff is a direct competitor to Time Doctor. Time Doctor has dozens of competitors, and here's where this kind of gets fun. We, we not only wrote one post called Hubstaff Alternatives, then we wrote Toggle Alternatives, we wrote Rescue Time Alternatives, we wrote dozens, dozens of these alternatives posts, each one producing one to two customers a month at $3,000. Okay. So now start to do the math, right? Mm -hmm. So two customers times, let's call it 50 posts. Now we're adding 100 customers a month 
from those pieces of content, not trials, people who are actually entering their credit card and becoming a customer. Yeah. Right. So that's how that scales very nicely. So yeah, two doesn't sound exciting, but do that a couple of times and you get to a hundred all of a sudden that's pretty exciting every single month. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the way that we like to look at it uh, here at marketing management money is we like to look at it and we say, what's the formula for success? You know, figure out that formula because once you know that formula, you can increase the variables. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to do that's really not going to resonate as well. Uh, I remember when we first started doing the show, we wanted some of our best content because it was a brand new show. And we're like, okay, we're going to take some of our best content. And we put an episode together that when I do live trainings, it's like super popular. People love it. And uh, it never did that great on the podcast, you know, I, you know, we, get, we got a few people that downloaded it and it just, it just was not some of our, uh, you know, more popular content. And right. that moment early on for us made me realize that I'm like, okay, what's my formula? And that wasn't it in a live session that does really well. And I realized it's because of the interaction. It's a very interactive segment. And so mm -hmm. just lecturing that segment is not nearly as engaging as being able to, you know, interact with, uh, you know, a live audience and doing that. And so as you're talking about this and you're saying, yeah, find what works. And then once you have that, multiply that by 50 times a month and it starts to make money. I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a solid, solid piece of advice right there. It's, it's, it's not, it's not exciting. And so that's why people don't do it. Right. You were talking about the celebrity content before, like that's exciting stuff. That's, but at writing, writing a bunch of posts, you know, toggle alternatives, hub staff alternatives, so on uh, all the way down the list of all your competitors, like that's, that's not, there's nothing exciting about that. I'm not gonna lie to you until you look into your bank account every month and see that revenue's going up. Yeah. But just to create that post every single month, <laughs> multiple, you know, you're not right. Like there's just so, but that's why some companies are really good at it and they stick with it and they do it for three, four, five years before they move on to something else where, where, you know, other people jump from shiny object to shiny object. Yeah. So, okay, I want to talk about uh, this idea, you know, I mean, you're saying jumping from shiny object to shiny object, but one of the, one of the reasons uh, why this is so difficult is businesses don't have uh, a lot of time. They're super yep. busy, and there's so many things competing for their attention. Yes. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's your website, your SEO, your blog, there's all the social media and there's always a new social media platform. And then you got to learn that and then you got to work on that. And then, you know, you got to yeah. put all this audio content out there and video content out there. And, and, and like, it gets to be too much pretty quickly. So yep. I want to talk about it from this angle. There's, there, there's kind of these, uh, these levels in entrepreneurship, uh, you know, and you alluded to this earlier, there's the starting out where it's, you know, you're sort of just dabbling trial, you know, trial and error. Uh, and then there's all the way up where you're refined, you're ready to hire the agency. Uh, there's this growing pains in between where yeah. you're, you're big enough that you're like, okay, I've got something here. But, and I don't know, do you hire the agency as soon as you cross that threshold or do you, you know, just suffer through it because you're not quite big enough? Because um, it, it takes some time, you know, if you're going to hire an agency, they're, uh, 
you know, most of the agencies that I work with want six months or longer as a contract because they're saying, hey, look, I can work with you for two months, but you're not going to see enough results. And then you're going to be mad at me because I didn't deliver, you know, and so they kind of want more of a long game. So how how do you balance all of this? You know, you're an entrepreneur, you're limited on time, you're limited on resources, uh, you know, you need to grow, but it's hard to take that leap. What do you do? Uh, it's funny. I, I, the very first company that I started, I did it all myself and I tried to, to tried to do it all myself and I, I failed miserably. Um, with content guppy, I am breaking everything down into specific tasks and outsourcing those, uh, tasks to people after I figured out like maybe this, this kind of works. It works well enough. I could outsource this not to an agency, but to a person or a freelancer um, and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, for instance, I just started with like cold outreach on LinkedIn. You know, I was doing that for a couple months. I hate cold outreach a couple weeks. I'm sorry. I hate doing cold outreach. And so, but I got it to a point where I said, okay, you know, I could pay somebody right now we're not talking thousands of dollars. We're talking hundreds of dollars per month to, uh, to do this, to replicate this process for me. And so that's what I do. So, so break, so take your big pro uh, big projects, break them down into little tasks and then outsource the individual tasks, uh, to people who aren't going to charge you, uh, you know, thousands of dollars, but are going to charge you hundreds of dollars. And that's, there are going to be things where you aren't going to be able to do that, but um, where you're just going to kind of have to suffer until you get a little bit bigger. But, but if you could kind of relieve five hours here, another three hours there, I mean, it's just going to be a big difference hmm. for you. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So that's what I would do. Yeah. All right. So I want to shift gears pretty dramatically. Sure. We haven't, we haven't even touched on this at all. But okay. I think that this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs are concerned about. Yep. The markets have shifted dramatically. We are not operating in the same space that we were a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, oh. this global pandemic has come in. Uh, businesses, they have to operate so differently than what they used to do. Will you talk in terms of content marketing, SEO, online, you know, how has that shifted uh, in what you have seen, you know, your experience and, you know, what, you know, what would you recommend for, for businesses that are trying to adjust to the, uh, I'm going to use the cliche term new normal. Wow. That's a great question. Um, the things that have shifted in content marketing because of the pandemic. Well, first of all, if you're in the remote workspace, kudos, because you are just going to rake in, <laughs> rake in traffic and leads and money. Um, so uh, that is one area. But the second area is that there have become, and, and I don't know if this is from the pandemic or even before that, but there, there's become a lot of, a lot more freelancers and a lot more people who are interested in just kind of working from their home or mm-hmm. wherever they're from Bali and uh, just want to do their own thing. And 
you can hire these people now to uh, writing, especially like if you would just want to hire some writers to get your content machine going while you are, uh, you know, doing everything else. You don't even have to do SEO, but you're like, Hey, I just want to produce content for the time being because I have an email list or whatever, uh, or my current customer base. Like you could hire a writer for, you know, two, 300 bucks an article and have a pretty decent article. You just edit it and everything like that. But that, industry that freelance marketplace has just exploded but i don't know if that's because of the pandemic or if that was starting to happen before i my I, gut tells me it was ha- happening before yeah it it was happening before and yeah. uh so i i like to look into you know small business trends and uh you know read up on on what's going on and mm-hmm. the pandemic did not start anything. The pandemic accelerated. Accelerated everything. Yes. Yes. And yep. and so, you know, these trends were already happening. The uh, the freelance mm-hmm. uh, movement was already happening. The, uh, you know, remote work uh, was already happening. Uh, and so... Right. So yeah, it did it did accelerate it. But uh, but I think that's that's really interesting that, you know I, I, Yeah, I, I think I guess I guess from a from a and this is gonna be in general, but I guess if you're thinking about marketing and sp- specifically, like you, it became cheaper because you don't have to you don't have to have everybody in the same building anymore. That I mean and I think and again that you didn't have to have it uh, pre uh, pre pandemic either, but I think a lot of people realize like, why do I have a, an entire team of writers or marketers in a building now? Like this, there's no need. Mm-hmm. So we could all just do it from you know. So that that kind of really accelerated that process. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like it has made uh, the SEO space more crowded? Is it harder to find those keywords or to get your niche or to stand out? The, uh, the SEO space is becoming, no, I don't think the pandemic really did much in that. Again, it accelerated it, but the SEO space was becoming more, uh, more competitive regardless and not not only because of the pandemic there's things that google or google is doing as well um like uh that are that that are affecting a search a search uh seo but you know the pandemic just made people realize again like hey seo is a big thing here because we can scale it across multiple time zones Mm -hmm. versus having everybody in the same office yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, great, great insight. So again, uh, if, uh, if, if you guys are interested, we're talking with Greg Deneo with content guppy and, and Greg, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of wrap up here with, uh, let's, let's dig into, um, you know, content guppy, uh, sure. what you bring to the table. You know, we, we've talked about, uh, you know, freelancing, getting the agency, uh, you know, you've given some amazing strategies uh, with, you know, in terms of understanding what the the customer is searching for, understanding, uh, you know, keywords and how critical it is to start with those keywords. I mean, there's really been a lot of great content that you've provided. So, if people are interested in, in connecting with you, uh, connecting with your company, I know that you gave your contact information in the middle of the show, but really, uh, let, let's just kind of wrap up and, and allow you to uh, 
to, to, to dig in a little bit deeper with uh, what sets Content Guppy apart, uh, why this is useful, and who this is for. Sure. So we work mostly with software companies, uh, service-based companies, and e-commerce companies as who our primary target is. And uh, what what we do is we we processed we took a process again that we built over a long time that I built over a long time and have now been able to just take it and deploy it across the an entire array of sites. Mm -hmm. I don't um, unless you're like a local business, uh, this will work pretty much for anyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, which is kind of cool. Again, we work with software and e-commerce. The one thing that, uh, that sets us apart is we actually don't, and this is going to sound weird uh, coming from an SEO company, but we don't actually care about traffic. We only care about what that traffic, the leads for that traffic, right? So for instance, going back to my, my posts on B2B content marketing agencies versus blog names, uh, we're, we're, we'll do, we'll take B2B content marketing agencies and those 300 visitors a month or every, all day, every day, right? Like that's what we care about. So we, we only care about what that traffic is doing for you. And we care more about the leads than the actual getting visitors to your site, which is just a vanity metric. We don't really care about it. Amen. 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 Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have these businesses that are just like, Oh, look at all my traffic. Look at all that I'm getting. And I'm just like, cool. What's your revenue? What are the metrics? Doesn't from matter. That? Yeah. 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 You know, you're the most popular kid in school, but you can't get a date. So it doesn't do you any good. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter if, if it's, in fact, it actually costs you money if you bring in traffic without, uh, without sales. So, so uh, yeah. okay. Just uh, hit on that for just a second. Where, where, where are you, uh, where are you spending your money if you're bringing in traffic without Ser sales? Uh, server costs, right? If you mm -hmm. have, if you get, you know, 200,000 visitors a month, your, your free GoDaddy uh, server is not going to cut it anymore, <laughs> right? You're going to have to pay Amazon or somebody like that to mm -hmm. host your site. Mm -hmm. And that costs a lot more money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so it has to be traffic that pays the bills. <laughs> if not, it's an expense and not a, uh, you want it, you want your you want your content to be a profit center not an expense mm -hmm. well and i'm also thinking of some of the indirect costs because you know you keep talking about sifting through the data oh, and yeah. you know if i'm sifting through a thousand data points or if i'm sifting through a hundred thousand data points you know yeah. whether whether i'm using you know just a uh, you know a sql database and doing it myself or whether i've got uh, you know a company that is uh, you know uh, organizing that data for me whatever the case is uh, you know i'm spending time on that i'm i yep. got file storage i've got you know i mean it it all adds exactly. up. you don't think about it cuz you're just like oh, file storage i can get a terabyte for nothing i'm like well yeah but it's still not, not to mention it costs you money to produce content. Like I said, it cost me $2,500 to produce content that didn't work. <laughs> so, so, you know, it has to pay for itself at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. super smart. Okay. I, I kind of, I, I went down that rabbit hole, but I thought it was important. So go, go ahead you. and kind of jump back. You know, you were talking about, uh, uh, what you guys do that's different. And one of the things that you mentioned was you said that uh, you don't focus yeah. on traffic, you focus on results. That's where I, I sort of pulled you away. Yeah, we focus on sales. Like that's our focus. Uh, so um, we're going to create content that drives sales. It's mm -hmm. really a content that converts is what we call it. And um, so, yeah, that's really what we kind of, that's our, that's our focus. 
and I'm trying to think what the other stuff was because I lost track. <laughs> well, well, while you're thinking about that, I do have a question yeah. for you. So uh, yeah, sure, we sure. have a decent percentage it. of our audience that's international and, uh, yep. you know, people that tune into the podcast from uh, all over the globe. Uh, what about other languages? You know, does it, does it, is it always English? Is English just the language of business and the way to go? You know, what, uh, what, what are some thoughts there? Oh, no, not at all. If you are in Spain and you're the primary language that your audience reads is Spanish, right in Spanish, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's a language agnostic. Okay. And in fact, if you are a, this is, and again, this is going to be much larger companies, but if you are a global company, then your chances are you're going to have an English website or a Spanish website or a Russian website, an Italian website, and so on and so forth. You're going to have multiple websites with the content in multiple languages. You know, so, yeah. you do mention if you're a larger company, but I'll tell you, I work with some half a million dollar companies and they're global because it's so easy to go global. It used to be that you had to be, you know, 10 plus million, but now it's... Yeah. You know, uh, by, by, by larger, I do mean re revenue, not because they're global or not, but, but because it costs a lot of money to create the, to, to move, uh, okay. to have multiple sites in multiple languages. Okay. That's why okay. I mean larger, okay. not Thank because they're global or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the clarification. Cause I'm thinking yeah. of myself, I'm like, uh, today, almost everyone is global by default. Yes. yes. You know, you, it, you, you have to work harder to not be global. But yeah, okay, so right. you're talking about uh, specializing, translating, uh, those kinds of things. Okay. Because because the Brazilian market is becoming is growing exp uh, exponentially, and so you might want to cite in Portuguese, right? Because yeah. you want to just focus on the Bra on the Brazilian market, and that's kind of you know but that costs a lot of money to produce content in english and portuguese yeah, and then yeah, also yeah. spanish and so on and so forth yeah cool cool all right i i apologize i keep going down these rabbit no, no holes problem. that i'm just like ooh, i'm fun. interested you know so <laughs> okay it, it, any final thoughts that you have for our listeners uh you know things that you just kind of want wish that that you had known pre-2015 yeah, SEO is not that, it's hard work, but it's not that difficult. And that's what I wish I knew before. So if you do three things well, you do keyword research well, you write really good content consistently and you build backlinks, uh, you get people linking back to your content from their site. Mm -hmm. You do that well over time, you're going to have success. That's awesome. I, I, and, that, I, I, and that's what I wish I knew. I was always so scared of SEO, but really it comes down to those three things. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been a super enjoyable interview. Great content. Yeah, great. Uh, again, uh, if someone wants to connect with you, uh, what's the best way to connect? Uh, my site is great. Uh, is contentguppy.com and Greg at contentguppy.com is my email address. So feel free to hit me up there. Perfect. All right. You've been listening to an interview with Greg Deneo with Content Guppy here at Marketing Management and Money. We hope that you will tune in next time. Subscribe and tell your friends all about us. Take care.